Welcome, one and all, to episode 91 of the DC Comics News Podcast. We're close to uh, episode 100. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk everything DC, talk uh, comics and other news that may pop up. I'm your host, uh, Brad Flicky, and with me today is the amazing Kelly Gaines. Say hello, Kelly. Hey, Brad. All right. How's it going? Good, good. So we can jump right on into some movie news. Uh, it looks like Joe uh, Maga and Yellow is coming back for some additional Justice League uh, reshoots. And so uh, maybe is Jared Leto. So uh, what do you think about this? I, so for... For Joe uh, Mangianella, there we go. I, I think that's it. I, <laughs> you, Listen, I'm terrible Listen. at names and you're terrible at names, so we'll just <laughs> walk right over that. But him I'm excited about. I mean, Deathstroke, awesome. You know, he or yeah, he, he, looks, he looks really good in the costume. I'm excited to see him uh, in the reshoots. Jared Leto I have a very different opinion of. I mean, and not him as an actor, not him as a person. I mean, he's one of those, uh, one of those Hollywood lights that has managed to look exactly the same age since about 25 somehow, and and I, I appreciate him, I do, and I really like 30 seconds or yeah, 30 seconds to Mars. That was him, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, I just like his Joker, and I know that they blame it a lot on the way Suicide Squad was cut and how much screen time he actually had. But I, I wasn't into the costume. I wasn't into the look. Um, and he wasn't in the original Justice League. So I'm a little bit perplexed as to how they're bringing him back into this universe. So it's, it's interesting. Um, but it, it does make me a little bit nervous. And actually, um, I saw Amber Heard is coming back too. And that kind of, I mean, it makes sense from a cinematic standpoint, but she's another one of, of, the actors who I'm kind of, you know, with her whole ongoing thing with Johnny Depp, I'm very wary of her. So I would say as a whole, this announcement didn't thrill me. But uh, what did you think? You know, yeah, I I agree with um, all this calling Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that was one of my biggest disappointments with Justice League not doing well, is that we didn't get to see anything come of that little post-credit scene with him as Deathstroke. Uh, and I think that would have been very cool to see expanded on. So I'm, I'm glad that he's coming back. And I, I agree with you. Like I appreciate as far as, you know, Jared Leto and Amber Heard, I appreciate like you do the whole cinematic thing. Like it's, it's paying tribute to that, to the cinematic universe that they had created. And I do appreciate that. I don't think there's anybody who really liked Jared Leto's, Leto's Joker, uh, a lot, but um, I, I think that um, we won't see a lot of him. I don't think he, I, him or Amber Heard aren't going to have a big part. They'll probably be little cameos. And with all these actors coming back, I am still skeptical, uh, you know, if we're going to see this when we're supposed to next year. I mean, I guess there hasn't been a release date, so technically it can be any time next year, but with all these reshoots and COVID still raging, I just don't know how that's Yeah, if that's uh, even to work, you know, so but I, I you know, I 
I don't think that we're going to get much more than cameos from from Jared Leto and Amber Heard. But I'm hoping that Joe has a bigger part as Deathstroke. So you know, so yeah. so we will uh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And we also learn, moving on to our next story, that um, parts of the Batman are being filmed with the VFX uh, tech that has been used in the Mandalorian. So what's your take on this? Now, I, I'm i a little fuzzy on exactly what um, effects departments handle different things, but if they're at all responsible for Baby Yoda, then I am <laughs> very excited. Not that... Uh, not that Baby Yoda should be in Batman. That would be, well, I mean, <laughs> it would be ridiculous. But, uh, but this does sound really cool, and I like that they seem to. Um, I, I I used to complain when we first started talking about this movie that everything seemed just like non-news, like nothing was really moving. We weren't really hearing every anything. And now all of the stories are these these big movements they're making, whether it's coming back to filming, and even when they stopped filming. That, you know, they kind of came back quickly. We saw this really amazing teaser trailer. Um, and, and now it's just, they're, they're making progress, even though they're being very mindful of, you know, the current situation with COVID. So I totally flip flopped on this movie from a huge naysayer to this is, I, this is up there, maybe just slightly under Wonder Woman 1984 for me, as far as things that I'm looking forward to. Um, so yeah, this sounds really cool, and I I like that it sounds like they're using special effects kind of intermittently with you know well built sets and live action shooting. Um, you know, it doesn't strike me as one of those movies that's going to be a green screen heavy. You know, let's just put all these actors in this giant warehouse with a huge green screen and have them jump around a bunch. I mean, this looks from what we've seen so far really. Uh, detailed and well done so i i think this is good yeah me too um there is a like an eight episode behind the scenes making of mandalorian series on disney plus and uh if this is what i think it is they go into this technology on that and it's kind of like green screen but it makes but it's more like a 360 thing where you actually feel like you're there and it kind of moves with the camera and it it's really what made those those broad like landscape shots in Mandalorian look so cool, and it gives the actors a cool way to interact with it that just simple green screen doesn't. So it's it's a really cool technology that I think that Batman could really utilize, especially if they can show like you know Gotham City from you know kind of like they did with the Dark Knight when he's standing uh, you know above the city you get that whole big expansive view so yeah this technology could be you know very cool for the batman and i'm right there with you uh, this I am, i'm so excited for this it's it's right up there with um wonder woman 1984 uh for me uh and so i'm i'm also excited to see that you know that this thing is really moving forward fast even even with covid and they seem to be working around those confines pretty good to get this spec on on track so yeah i think this is going to be i think this is going to be the movie that everybody's going to be talking about in uh, 2021 and hopefully we'll be able to go to the movie theater to see it so you know fingers crossed yeah. as uh, you know every day brings <laughs> something new so we'll see yeah uh, <laughs> yeah exactly 
Uh, next story, uh, Michael Keaton won't confirm his role in The Flash. Uh, what was your take on this? Well, I this story, I think, even though he won't confirm, it hasn't sounded like any sort of a no, more of just, uh, you know, maybe he can't say whether he will be or not, or maybe it's just not confirmed for him, so he doesn't want to... Um, you know, put that out there for fans to get excited about and then be like, oh, actually, no. Um, but his costume was in the the fandom um, concept art, I think. So that's, I, I believe, what really um, has got people thinking that he will be uh, in The Flash. So I wouldn't mind it. I would actually really, really enjoy that. Um, and it would be really fun to see him put that suit on again. So you know, we'll see, but this isn't a hard no, so I'm still holding out some hope for this, definitely. Yeah, I I kind of want to be surprised, so I'm kind of glad that he's keeping quiet about it. I mean, I I think we can safely assume that he's at least going to be Bruce Wayne. And it's kind of funny because when I think of Michael Keaton's Batman, I think more of Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne than I do of him as Batman. So for me, even if he was just Bruce Wayne and he didn't put on the suit, I would almost be okay with that. So, you know, I I, kind of like the idea of being completely surprised. And, you know, and and I think he's going to have fun with it because, you know, to this day, he'll go on talk shows and say, I'm Batman. So, you know, I think that, He'll definitely be all in. So this should be this should be fun to watch him come back into that role. And wouldn't you, if you were, if you had been Batman, wouldn't you walk into oh, every yeah. interview? Like, that would be my first thing. I would probably say it on on job interviews. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I because I, I I still say that 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 was the movie that. Well, I mean, it, it, it was. I mean, it was the movie that started this kind of superhero movie that revolution that we're still in the midst of. Because I, there has not been a summer since 1989 where there hasn't been at least one superhero movie. So besides maybe this summer, um, yeah. but uh, <laughs> if, because of COVID. But um, so I, I think we owe a lot of that to Michael Keaton's Batman. So I think he should like scream it from the rooftops. So yeah. I, I say good for him. <laughs> and the next story, the last bit of our movie news um Empire Magazine uh, has uh, released an image of their Suicide Squad cover. What do you think of this magazine cover? This looks great. I, I, I'm I, still, even though James Gunn is behind the wheel this time, I'm still hesitant to get attached to the Suicide Squad. It's it's one of, and even with um, Birds of Prey, I enjoyed significantly more, and I thought it was a really good movie, but there was still... It, some kind of substance I really wanted. And, and Margot Robbie is such a good Harley Quinn that I find myself that I can't blame her for any of what I might see as shortcomings with any of the movies she's been in as Harley Quinn. And she looks great on this cover. I love this costume and it's kind of nod to the, that more Arkham, uh, Arkham games look for Harley. Um, and I, I just, really, really hope that this is as good as it looks. Because I remember seeing the original Suicide Squad trailer and thinking, this looks amazing. I must have shared it a dozen times. And then, you know, was disappointed by the actual movie. So this looks awesome. I especially love 
polka dot man's little, little polka mm. dot suit. Like that looks mm. great. Um, and and it is nice to see this kind of fuller, fleshed out version of of the whole cast together and see how many of these characters they've packed in. And that with um, you know, the, we we talked before about how they're kind of these silly eclectic characters, but they managed to keep a lot of their original looks and still have this grit to them that I think is really fantastic. So I will hesitantly say this looks amazing and bring on the movie, but hesitantly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, the, the cover with James Gunn in it's a subscriber cover where they're all smiling. It, it kind of made me happy because it just seems like this is a crew that got along. I mean, that that's the vibes I get from this picture. It doesn't seem forced. And I think that whenever the crew and the cast get along, it makes for a better movie. And because this is already coming from a bit of a humor angle, it's going to have action and violence, but it's also going to be funny. And um, I think that that, that cover exemplifies that pretty well and uh, you know i agree with you i think that there has been a lot of care into the look of the characters and the look of the film and the look of the kind of media surrounding the film and um that vibe i'm getting is going to be uh, i have a feeling it's going to be a good movie i think at the very least even if it's not a great film it's going to be a fun film that um will be fun on a second third viewing so i yeah i'm I'm looking forward to this and i i i'm kind of looking forward to more footage and an actual trailer uh you know it's hard to say when we'll see that but um I, i'm i am looking forward to more footage and this cover just kind of you know makes me even more excited to see it and moving on to some TV streaming news, uh, looks like we got a release date for uh, Doom Patrol Season 2 on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, what do you think of this? This looks awesome, and I, I am still someone who enjoys buying DVDs, and it, it's honestly because my first piece of technology that was my own that I was allowed to have was a DVD VHS player, which has followed me from college to everywhere that I've lived since. So I, I still collect DVDs. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not quite hip enough for the Blu-ray player, but maybe someday. <laughs> um, and I mean, this, this does look like... I, I love Doom Patrol, and it's definitely a set that I want to have, although I feel like I was a little bit disappointed by the number of features. I think I only saw two listed. Um, and, and that's part of the fun thing with DVDs and Blu-rays is that you get to see all these extra, you know, side things. So the, the features that they have are cool, especially, um, you know, the behind the scenes makeup. I think that will look really, uh, you know, especially for Rita, that's going to be a very interesting, um, feature at, I think, yeah. but yeah. I, I would have liked more. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think there should have been more. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't have fit more on it. Uh, I do love though that this is actually coming out on physical media because it means that the show is popular enough that they think that it's profitable that to put it out so that people can buy the actual physical copy. So that's good. So that means that uh, Doom Patrol still is, I mean, we always knew it was, but it still is popular and we're going to have more Doom Patrol in the future. So I like 
that it is getting that release. Um, I I may end up picking this up. I I don't buy a lot of DVDs, but um, there's you know there's something about owning the whole series of Doom Patrol that um, appeals to me. So yeah, I may I may pick this up as well. Um, but I think that um, you know collectors and fans are going to love it. So yeah, moving on. Uh, Superman and Lois has cast uh, Stacy Farber as a recurring villain for season one. Uh, what was your take on this? This is interesting. I'm not very familiar with her as an actress, but um, I, I mean, just from the actual look at her look of her in uh, the, the stills that were in the article, she looks like someone who can play a compelling villain. And um, I think the name they gave her is Leslie War. And just something about the double L alliteration makes me think she's going to have something to do with Lana Lang. Either that mm-hmm. or just <laughs> there's something mm-hmm. in and Lois Lane. And, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a lot of double L's. I, I don't know if that's just maybe the type of woman that Clark can attract for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely uh, that's the closest hint I can come up with, and that she worked for, um, I think it said the the most influ or one of the most influential people in the world, maybe Lex Luthor. See, there's another double L. There's that's something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look why that is because that's really interesting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she looks awesome, and I'm very excited to see this show. Uh, you're kind of blowing my mind a bit because I did not until this very second realize how many LL alliterations there were in the Superman mythos. That's crazy. <laughs> how did I not notice that? <laughs> hey, someone, maybe Steve will know. Steve the Geekopedia. Yes. If anyone knows why it's him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I, I, w- there's two things that kind of popped out to me. Like I, I, I'm with you. I'm not familiar with her work. Um, but the character itself intrigues me because, you know, that she's the right hand to one of the most influential people. So immediately I went to Lex Luthor. So I, I that makes me think that Lex Luthor is going to be, uh, you know, the villain behind the scenes, at least, or the big bad for the season. Which brings me to the next thing that makes me interested about this character is that they compared it to a Supergirl villain that... Um, Lesla Lar, who first appeared in 1961, who disappeared oh. in the 70s and haven't been back since, but that could be that could be cool because maybe she could the big bad of season one, where it's behind the scenes, it's Lex Luthor pulling the strings, and you know, there's lots of different angles that that we can see with this character if uh, it is Lesla Lar. So, yeah, this is this is kind of intriguing to me um you know we've heard a lot kind of of a bit of the background of the story with the love triangles and things like that but we really haven't heard much about villains and how that's going to work so this is very interesting news i think so so yeah i think that's it's it's kind of a cool little bit of news for this first season yeah now before we move on to our ad break is there anything that you wanted to add to any of these stories um i mean apart from my now burning curiosity about why L seems to have been the letter of the day for so long. <laughs> Not much, but I mean, 
Yeah, that's that's going to bother me for hours now. I, I think this is going to cut into my evening of Googling crazy internet theories. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> All right, with that, we're going to take a quick break. So stick around, and we'll be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Bub, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Okay, and we are back to episode 91 of the DC Comics News Podcast. Well, once again, I'm your host, Brad Flicky, and with me is uh, Kelly Gaines. And now we are going to talk some comic book news. And up first is that it looks like Amethyst 
is delayed again. So that final issue has been pushed back yet again. Um, what was your take on this? This is unfortunate, but I, I think in the time of COVID, I refuse to fault any any creators who might be having a difficult time getting their work out quickly. Um, and I believe uh, Amy Reed, Amy Reed, uh, the I think she's still the writer and the artist on the book, um, which is a lot of pressure and probably a huge amount of work to do. On top of all of the the changes that have been going on with DC and the layoffs and and you know it's it's been a very different landscape as far as DC goes from when she first started this book till now. Um, so while I do think there are a lot of complications that come up from delaying a book, um, you know it's I we we have to kind of give her the benefit of the doubt. And I thinking about it, I'm like, okay, well it's, we're in October now, November, December, and with the way the past nine months have gone. It's going to be April again before I remember, uh, you know, to take my trash out. So it's, it, you know, it, it'll be by in a blink. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that, you know, keeps the interest in the book. Um, but yeah, it's, it's expected, I think. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, time seems so weird this year. It seems like just yesterday it was April's. Yeah, yeah, I think that this time's going to go by in a blink of an eye. And I think you're absolutely right that there is a lot of pressure on somebody who is an artist and the writer of book possible. And I like that she's going to have this time to really perfect it. And I think that in the end, we're going to get a really good issue. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm okay with having to wait. Yeah. And up next, uh, we got our first look at uh, Future States. Uh, we got a lot of covers and some art. What was your take on this? This looks so cool. I'm so excited for this. Um, I think the first real inkling of Future State I got was I, I saw an article about um, the upcoming Wonder Woman. And she looks so cool. I love that costume because that's I, and I mean, you know how big of a Wonder Woman fan I am. But my thing has always been never in my life would I fight anyone in a tube top. Now, granted, now it's an armor tube top. So that's kind of <laughs> that's definitely a, a better option. But I really like kind of the sleeves and the just the whole look of this Wonder Woman. And I, I'm really excited to see how she's going to play into this larger universe. And I think in the past there have been Wonder Womans that they've, or versions of Wonder Woman who they've given sleeves to, and it always tends to get backlash for some reason, like covering her neck somehow makes her less of a, a hero. I don't, uh, whatever. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that was my initial takeaway. And then just looking at this artwork and these covers, it looks so vibrant and it's definitely going to be a very, a bizarre offshoot of the DC universe that we're used to. There's, I, I mean, Batman's dead. There's new Wonder Woman. There's a lot of other changes, uh, you know, packed into this that are, it's, it's not going to be what we're familiar with, but I think that's new and exciting and hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm ready for this. I think endless winters first and then this is going to happen and I'm ready for all of it. And I just hope it doesn't get delayed because I'm not running out of things to read, but I, I've definitely chipped into my 
to read Q a bit more than I usually do. So throughout, you know, just from being home and literally never leaving my house and pretty much the past eight months. So I, I hope this comes out on time so that should I find myself still stuck in my house, uh, you know, far into 2021, uh, I, I have this to read. Yeah, I, man, this, um, first of all, I just, I love the looks of these covers and the overall the scope of what these stories look like they're going to have. Um, I'm, you know, I, I love the, these new costumes and I'm really curious about the Superman versus Imperius Lex. That cover looks really interesting as well. Um, you know, I, I, I'm so curious about, and I, I, I love the Swamp Thing is Statue of Liberty. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious about these stories. And I think because they are, there's so many of them when they kind of gave that kind of checklist of everything that this is going to contain in all these books, I'm just, I really want to read them all. So this may be the tipping point that um, helps me to accept digital comics even more than I have, because I've been kind of fighting that, but this future state oh, might be, yeah. So future state might just be the, the thing that takes me over that edge. Because with, you know, with DC Comics news, digital comics that we have access to and things like this, it'll help me really keep caught up on it because it, it would just be so hard just to, you know, as far as the actual physical books, um, it, it would just be, it would be, I think, much easier on a digital level to keep up. So this might be the tipping point, but I, I, I really am curious what this story is going to bring. And I really, you know, I really can't wait for the next Batman that I think is... One of the things I'm looking forward to most uh, in the like beginning of 2021. So, um, yeah, these these books all look really, really good. And uh, um, moving on, speaking of future state, kind of, we got two new covers of the other history of the DC universe. Um, so what did you think of these two new covers? I love this. This is so gorgeous, especially the the one really detailed one. Um, and oh goodness, I can't remember who drew it, but I it I mean this this just looks fantastic. And not it reminds me in a in a sense of um Alex Ross's really detailed work, especially um in Injustice and Kingdom Come, how it it looks like these superheroes as real people. Um, so that, that first cover especially just, it, it's stunning. Um, and, and this is one of the books that I am just monumentally excited for. Uh, it's, I think, if anything, and, and that kind of has been one of my issues internally with DC because I, I mean, anyone who's heard me talk on any podcast knows how much I, I favor DC above most other things, but they have a really good roster of um of characters of color but they don't use them as much as they should or as much as i think they should um so to see that this is coming out and it looks as great as it does that milestone's coming back i mean this is probably one of the better spots in dc history i'm hoping i i have my i guess it reservations because there there seems to be so many changes going on with everything moving to digital and and with DC Universe kind of 
shutting down and just AT&T seems to have a very different idea of how to manage a comic book company than what I would have preferred. But this gives me hope. So I have, I, I have, I guess, one half full glass and one half empty glass, and I'm banking on the half full glass. But what about you? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like you do, that they have a lot of these really cool characters of color that they should use more. And I'm kind of hoping that, you know, like you are, that they use them more. And hopefully this, this series can be a launching pad that this, the series will do well enough that they realize that there is a market for these characters. And I think that milestone coming back is another great indication that we hopefully will see some more of these characters use more. And yeah, the, the AT&T thing, man, I, I wish I could say it seemed like they know what they're doing, but they haven't shown that quite yet. So this could be a good test for them. And I hope that they hope that they pass it. But these covers are beautiful. And I and I'm with you, too, is that I can't wait to to read this. I think this is a brilliant idea for a comic. And in John Ridley's hands, I think it could be a a very incredibly told story. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. That's another one up there with the next Batman that I'm super, super excited for. Yeah. And it looks like we have got a a look at a preview of uh, The Darkest Night dispersing Perpetua in Dark Knight's Death Metal Rise of the New God, issue one. What was your take on this? I mean, for starters, that cover is great. I, I really like the look of that, kind of that that darkness taking shape into what is definitely the the scariest god i've ever seen um it it looks amazing and i just i i've been enjoying everything about uh dark knight's metal and death metal so much it is such a bizarre ride through the dc universe and it's such a, a different take on everything that we know but this in particular that a, a the batman who laughs is getting into the body of a Bruce Wayne who is going to have the powers of Dr. Manhattan. I mean, this is like, I, I don't know if you just have to be a creative genius or, or on some bizarre drug that I've never heard of to come up with this stuff, but I love it. Like, I, I would love to see a, a documentary of the pitch meetings for some of these books just because <laughs> I, <laughs> what is their process? Yeah, right. But this is great. I'm so excited. Um, and I, I'll be really sad to see the the dark multiverse come to an end in a sense because it's again just been a wonderful ride from the very beginning. Yeah, and that's the beauty of comics; I can always bring it back. So I'm sure it's not this. It wouldn't have to wait too long because I mean this has been so incredibly popular that I think that you, you'll probably hear a, an announcement of a third metal series at some point soon enough but this one and i i have a confession is that i didn't read the you know i i just looked at the art i didn't read the panels because i kind of want to be surprised because really i can't think of a bigger fight than between perpetua and dr manhattan i mean i don't even know how you would write something like that (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah so that that, that's going to be um you know, that's just going to be nuts. And it's going to be everybody's bonkers as series and crossovers have been. So 
I think that, yeah, I think this is going to be another thing that fans are going to eat up. And I think that, you know, I, it would be hard. I, I don't know if this is going to kind of wrap up the entire death metal story, but it seems like it should because a battle between characters that powerful is going to have huge stakes. So, yeah, I think this, this is just going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, the last bit of comic book news is we got our uh, first look at the new Batwoman who is going to make her debut in Batgirl 50. Uh, what was your uh, what was your take on this? I love that they're doing this ahead of the show coming out because I think, um, and I, I know we've talked about this on the show, that it, even though we're all very excited for, um, for have you seen Leslie? I believe is is the name of the actress and we're excited to see her take on this role. It still is jarring to after the first season of a show have to see them switch cast and kind of switch focus completely. Um and especially I I know there was even some backlash just when Batwoman came out that people were I I mean whatever it is that people complain about when you put a female in a, a superhero suit and let her live a life on screen it's bizarre but there is a whole section of yeah. of comics that for some reason is not cool with that um so for them to kind of have that little bit of rockiness in the start and then to lose the star and have to reshape the show it, it's scary ground but the fact that they are introducing her first in the comics to kind of give her this root um is uh, to me that's a brilliant idea um and i i know we got to talk a little bit to cecile castellucci about it and kind of her getting to wrap up that girl while sort of launching this character out into the dc universe and in the comics part of it um and i i'm excited i really really think that this will pan out i which uh, you know i'm not the the optimistic person but i think that this is going to work i just have this this little bit of a feeling and maybe i'm totally wrong and maybe i'm just biased because i'm like awesome black batwoman but i i really want this to work so this looks amazing and i actually i i tried not to read too many of the panels but i mean this is going to be great. And she's, you know, one of Barbara's students in one of her classes. She kind of folds so neatly into that, um, in into the already created mythos that if they can do the same thing in the TV show, I think we'll be in good shape. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it is a very smart move uh, to, to introduce her in the comics first. And it's one that I, that, that they that comic companies haven't done a lot recently uh it seems to be the other way around generally where they'll you know put a character out like you know in an animated series or in the movie and then or tv show and then introduce it into the comics so it's kind of nice to see that switch around and you're right it's going to give people like this this um reference point for this character instead of going into this tv show with a brand new batwoman and i i I too love the idea of a black Batwoman, so I'm really kind of looking forward to um, reading this this story. And then, you know, this comes out as we're recording this next Wednesday, so this is like the probably the book I'm looking forward to most for next week. So, um, and, and this story is one of them. So I, I I just think that this is an overall very cool idea that we're going to get to see her actually in the comics uh, it, it first before we see her in the show. 
So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the story, uh, you know, as well. And yeah, and the the interview that we did with uh, with her yesterday was incredible, and that just made me more excited too. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely absolutely excited for this issue and this character. Yeah, and what a gem of a human Cecil is. Yeah, Cecil, she was just great. Yeah, so listen to the uh, listen to the interview, guys, <laughs> with her that we did. It is amazing. And we have one more piece of other news, and uh, we got a glimpse of uh, J&D Studios' Wonder Woman 1984 statue. And let's just say it's not cheap. Uh, what do you think of the statue? I I mean, I get why it's not cheap, because when I first opened this article, I, I was staring at the picture, and I was like, where is the statue? And then I realized that that is a statue. That is not a picture of Gail Godot. I mean, well, they did an incredible job. That looks beautiful. Um, will I be able to afford it? Absolutely not. But I... <laughs> I, I appreciate that it's out there and I appreciate that or, or hope that at some point as I am strolling the aisles of a hypothetical future Comic Con, I might get to see this thing in person because that is just some gorgeous artwork. Um, and again, I, I, like I said before with, with Wonder Woman's costume and I, I do love her classic costume. I, I appreciate it for what it is. Um, and I really like her costume in current continuity where it's kind of this armored look. But this costume with the the gold plated, and even though the statue doesn't have the wings, it just looks so awesome. It's so uh, it, there's something medieval about it, and I I want this statue. I can't have it. I will get the action figure of the same costume instead for a much cheaper price. But kudos to them for making this. Yeah, yeah, man. If it had wings, it'd probably be four thousand instead of two. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it's a solid gold play. Yeah, right. <laughs> I you know what's funny and I couldn't I didn't I don't know if I you know happened to just not notice it in the article when I was reading it. But you know, I'm surprised that it's not a limit. It has to be some kind of crazy limited number. I think um, the limit the the limitation they're putting on this is the fact that nobody can afford it. Can afford it, right? right now. <laughs> they don't have to limit it because no one can get this thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, in, 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 it's cool that you mentioned that. Oh, you thought it was a picture because that is just how exquisite the sculpting on this is. I mean, that hair alone. That I I, I don't know how they did it. And granted, this is just a picture, and you don't you're not seeing it, you know, in real life, but. Man, that is some picture quality sculpting. It's just, just incredible, and it's pretty tall. I mean, two feet. That's that's a pretty tall statue. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm curious if this is going to sell out. Do it. Yeah. And I mean, I I wonder. I, part of me has to wonder: Does Gail Godot buy these? Or I always say Gail. I know it's Gal. I say Gail for some reason. But does she buy these? Because I I don't know that I would, but I think that if I had done that iconic of a role and people were making such perfect sculptings of me, I would have like a secret room in my house where I keep them so people don't think I'm vain. But also like I'd be like, look, someone made a statue of me that's two feet tall and two thousand dollars. It's literally a thousand dollars a foot. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if she's got some kind of connection over there somehow. They're like, uh, they'll hook her up. <laughs> I would want it because then when I'm an old lady, I can point to the statue and be like, look at me when I was 30 something. Yeah, yeah, this look, is. Look at that. <laughs> That's this is a statue that in the day of in these days of Zoom that you'd want to have like in your Zoom shot in the background somewhere. Yeah, it's like a a, a definitely kind of a you know, like a museum worthy piece or like a uh, status symbol for sure that you could actually have one of these things. But it is just yeah, I mean it is just incredible. So I mean if you're a collector and you got the money, man, it's it could be yours. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, two feet, I'm trying to think, like, where would you put that thing? Because I, my, my parents are Catholic. We have a lot of statues of the Virgin Mary and whatnot around our house. Although I don't think any of them are two feet. So I'm kind of like, hmm, that's, that's like garden gnome quality or <laughs> garden yeah. gnome full statue. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I was trying to think, yeah, I mean, that's, that is a, that's a pretty good size. That, that almost, makes me at least understand a little bit of why the price is so much yeah as far as just the size and creating the thing is it's probably not cheap as well so that wraps up another uh episode of the dc comics news podcast uh now kelly i mean it's been uh you know been a shorter episode so before we sign off is there Anything that you want to add or you want to talk about anything you've been reading or watching this week in the DC world? Um, no, actually, after our interview yesterday, I went back and started rereading Female Furies again because oh, I nice. adored that series and it's, it's just fantastic. And I think I read it, um, I read it actually because I was writing an article about BARDA for DCN. Um, and then just immediately fell in love with it. So going back over that again, and just, it's, it, it is really great. It is really fantastic. And it takes, you know, the, the older concepts of the new gods from, um, from Kirby's original run and updates it in a way that is so, so relevant. Um, and yes, I would, I would recommend that to anybody who likes Barda, anybody who likes superheroes, anybody who's just interested in seeing, um, you know, a, it's a non-canonical short read, but it is absolutely brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been. Um, hey, I, I went and reread some. You know, the the Batgirl uh, Joker War issues. They were so good, and and talking so much about them uh, also made me want to go back and, and reread those. That, and uh, I've been rereading the boys. Um, because I was, I, I, yeah, I just did, which is not DC per se, but it kind of was at one point because it originally came out on Wildstorm. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, rereading that. And, uh, um, I think that's pretty much everything in the DC universe that I've been absorbing these past few days. So, so yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, now just, Remember, guys, you can follow DC Comics News on and social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram by using the tag at DC Comics News. And uh, you can catch every episode of every show by subscribing to DC Comics News on your favorite podcast platform. You can tell your friends 
uh, that we are on uh, the big platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere that you can find the DC Comics News Podcast Network. And that network includes uh, this podcast, the news podcast, and we have the Harley Quinn Mad Love Podcast where we talk the Harley Quinn animated series. We have Spinnerack, where uh, Seth Singleton uh, talks about the best issues coming out in DC Comics for the week. And we have I Am the Night, where Steve J. Ray talks an episode of the Batman animated series for every episode of the podcast. So uh, check us out, like us, and subscribe. And Kelly, where can people find you on the internet and whatnot? Find me doing opinion and editorial pieces for DC Comics News. Um, and actually, very recently, you can also find me on Steve J. Ray's other website, Fantastic Universes. Um, I got to publish part of an interview with Cullen Bunn. Um, oh, nice. And the other part is coming out on the Indie Comics News Spotlight. So check that out. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter at KelGainsWrite. Cool. And uh, you can find me uh, writing news and reviews, DC Comics News. You can find me on the Mad Love Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter. And we like to wrap up every episode by saying a phrase that everybody should do. And that is to read more comics. Bye, everybody.